They're bros. They're dads. One is Big Ball Sack Harry J. Riley. The other is Cautionary Tale Philip Kopsinski. Welcome to Bro Dads. Um, I'm going to be working in my garage later. Welcome to Bro Dads. Welcome to Bro Dads. So I grabbed this beer because uh, you can't work in a garage and not drink a beer. <laughs> That's a rule I have in my house. You got to be pretty drunk. Mm-mm. Nope. You just got to. It's just about authority. Oh. You know, if you if you have a beer in your hand and you're in your garage and your kid's like, Dad, I don't know. How to eat a girl out. <laughs> and you grab, you grab the beer off of the whatever, the chainsaw or the <laughs> ping pong table, whatever it is. And you're like, well, let me tell you, son. It all starts with a good conversation. <laughs> and, uh, and then they'll listen to you. You have a beer holding your hand like this. You go, and then you do this, and then you do that. And that's actually what I mean when I wiggle my finger. <laughs> <laughs> you think you you think that's what teenagers are doing? That oral sex is big in the teenage man. I don't know. Because when I, I was young, it was not like if someone was sucking penis, we were like, "What a whore!" <laughs> but now it's like, man, that she was ahead of her time. Oh man, yeah, no. The, well, that's what I, I think there's almost, uh, I think probably the prime time to be a teenager was like early 2000s because okay. you had the buildup of like, of like, uh, the loss of, you know, you had, you had the whole Bill Clinton scandal that, yeah. uh, that opened up oral sex yeah, I, as yeah. a very normal thing. Yeah. I mean, that's God bless Bill Clinton. Yes. I mean, what? He balanced the budget, and he got a lot of married guys to have oral sex as a regular part of, you're like, I, you know, if some woman's like, he's my king. I'm like, how about your two-term president? <laughs> <laughs> and and so, yeah. So You think Hillary was doing that for him? No. That's why he had to go get an intern. That is. Could you imagine? I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine. She seemed like she would always say something like, well, I'm busy. I'm, I'm busy. And he's like, well... All right. I think the best part about Hillary giving you a blowjob would be getting her to shut up for 10 minutes. <laughs> ah, that's, a, that's old. <laughs> so, <that's, laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. When I, when I see them and see young, like, see young Bill and Hillary, it's like, it's not like you just become a, a freak, like, overnight so bill you know yeah dude he was chasing tail yeah. the whole time and it's and it's like that that, was, that that always gets me when when people marry somebody who's not like at least half the you got to i feel like if you're going to marry somebody they got to meet most of your requirements or else it's not going to work out yeah well, i mean sometimes it does but that's only because like the things that you have in common just kind of keep it together. Well, they were such a power couple, though. Yeah. You know, I mean, they were that show with Kevin Spacey. The House yeah. Of Cards. They were like, they were the yeah. power couple of Arkansas. He became the governor. And then she, I don't know, killed all those people in that pizza. 
pizza place and drank all those babies' blood. I don't really know anything about Hillary, but they just they seem like they're just such a power couple. It yeah. does seem crazy. I mean, there is no way he wasn't, you know, doing like I'll do a backyard campaign drive and then just chasing trailer trash in the <laughs> Arkansas Home Depot shack. You know, just some swamp pussy. <laughs> and uh, yeah so of course i mean he was men wanted to be him you know women wanted to be with him uh and uh yeah he balanced the budget i mean what's not to like jeez anyway so but then the thing is 2000s and you don't have phones yeah you don't have phones there so 2000 you know teens and you know by then jeez by the time you're in 2008 it's like every eight-year-old has a phone or whatever and uh i don't know i just think like not, I think like having the phone, like immediately, your you just your attention is no longer about. You're not like obsessing about sex all the time because any yeah. given time you could be like, oh, what do lopsided tits look like? Oh, <laughs> sweet. Any fucking curiosity or you know, I mean, yeah. dude, I remember, man, I remember being like. 16 and my mom's friends coming by and maybe you know we maybe hadn't jerked off in a you know three hours or so so, <laughs> so i was like losing my mind i just remember being like don't look at her boobs don't look at her boobs how big are her areolas why do they hang that low what's there's so many wrinkles in the cleavage is that normal that makes them sexier oh what if she wouldn't have sex right now would i do it you know just fucking insane shit you know what i mean that's why you know women always are uh like they're always like, why are guys like this? And oh, it's like, dude. if you, a woman, I don't know if they could survive 10 minutes in our heads because they would go, is this all that goes on? It's like, yeah, Especially that much. puberty. Yes. Man. That is, cr- I was, I dude, I remember one time wiping sweat off my brow. I could have got someone pregnant with that sweat. <laughs> I, it was, I'm like, I got to throw this away before it's evidence in a crime. I just, it, I, it was, it's coming out everywhere. You know what I mean? It's, it is wild. You could, I mean, people are like, what are your, you know, I, people who learn a language when they're teenagers or I'm like, well, how did you have the time between all the masturbating? <laughs> How did you, I mean, and it's like, well, quit masturbating. I'm like, dude, one time I went on a camping trip for seven days. I fucking, I jerked off and it was, I went, it was right before college. So I get to my dorm room. I have all my shit. I fucking, the, so I get in my dorm room. My roommate's not there for another couple of days. I have a door between my roommate and my room and his room. Oh man. So I close the door. I don't have, I mean, it's a bare bed. I, <laughs> No sheets, nothing. I laid down on this, and we were on the top floor. I fucking shot through the roof. Good girl. And it it shot through the ceiling into the sky, and God (laughs) caught it and said, threw it back at me. He goes, you need to rub them out more. You can't wait 10 days. No, but I... I, All I I remember was... I remember laying on that bed being like, listen, man, just get it over with. And then just like fucking passed out. Like, Ugh. <laughs> what the fuck happened? 
<laughs> you jerked yourself off into a coma? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the semester was over. <laughs> Man, I I remember I was I was stationed in Saudi Arabia and uh Saudi Arabia you can't bring there's no alcohol, there's no nudie mags or anything. Man. And uh I I have a roommate, his name was Angel and he um because we I worked nights and he worked days, we almost never saw each other. But then when I did meet him, he said, Hey, I gotta show you something. And in this drawer, he had a VHS tape packed to the gills with pornography. Ooh, Somehow contraband. someone got it in and he was like, Hey, we've been passing this down. So um, the guy who was in here before you gave it to me and I'm about to leave in a month and then you can, you can have it. And I was like, all right. And when he, so in like a month he left and I was in there by myself for like almost a month and a half. I don't think I've ever beat my meat more in my entire life. It 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 got to to the point where it was like, (laughs) like six times a day. It was just, because you didn't have anything else to do. It was just the desert. And then, you know, like all these uh, chicks that are out there who in the States would be like a a four or a five. Yeah. They're like models all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just yeah. like frustrated. And you're like, oh, I got to get back to the room. Wait, are you talking about uh, women in the service? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Women in the service. Well, and they all probably work out. Yeah. So that's, that's like a plus. Well, I've heard that women, if a four goes into the service, she becomes an eight real quick. Yeah, and she's probably got more testosterone, so she's probably, you know what I mean? So she's probably hornier than your average chick. Like, it, if if you are like a, a you know, like a average looking um, lady, if you want more dick than you can handle, just going to the military. I mean, you know, I, I can't vouch for the consensuality of it, because sometimes, you know, but <laughs> just make sure you always carry a gun. Um, but my, it, it was, it was like any, like chicks would just be there and just, it, it, and if you knew how to manipulate that, so you could just get, you could get any guy, like. Oh, yeah. Like, like any I would guy. absolutely think, yeah, that's a, yeah, I would, I would think that's a good, um, that's, but were guys like were guys like hitting on them regularly? I mean, yeah, were they man, getting, guys were yeah, man. Geez. That was guys were ruining their lives over there. <laughs> like just you know, especially like if you're a player, like if you're a player n- naturally, and then you go over there and like certain rules just didn't really apply. It was kind of like a summer camp, but you had a a job that involved death. But like most people, like people who you know, had multiple partners at the same time, they would go over there and you could have them openly because... Uh, yeah, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Everybody's and, screwing around. Yeah, and, and it was insane. The only, like, I mean, I didn't, not not from, well, I didn't try, but not from, like, not wanting to, but it was just like... Well, did you ever go out into the cities? Like, in the oh, no, no, they stopped that... Um, mm-hmm. So you they stopped that like years before I, I got in the military. Oh, because, so you, you were only around military people. Yeah, you didn't see any peekaboo ladies. No, <laughs> you know what I mean. Where they, because in Saudi Arabia, they're always 
peekaboo ladies? In Saudi Arabia, all the ladies God are always playing. Damn it, man. They're always playing peekaboo. Like, I mean, in Saudi Arabia, all the ladies are like, ooh, peekaboo. You know what I mean? Yes, I know what you mean. Like, it's, how do they? I mean, it's so. What if the wind comes and then they they peek when they meant to boo? You know? I don't. <laughs> they stopped doing that because um, people would be like in their uniforms and just witnessing a, a public execution. Ah! Yeah, and it's like, man, we can't oh, have shit. you. We can't have you in your uniform watching somebody get their head chopped off. That's oh my god, yeah, that's a bad look. Yeah, and you're just sitting there like, oh, okay, business as usual. Yeah. Carry on, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But when I see ladies with with the burka, I, I, I think that's the right term, or peekaboo I, suit in I your got it. <laughs> <laughs> tomato tomato. <laughs> I that if, if, if all you can see is eyes, that's a good like. That's pretty sexy. Yeah, <laughs> because your your imagination just takes over, mm-hmm. and Middle Eastern ladies just have. Nice out of back hair. Oh yeah. No, sorry. I'm sorry. I thought... <laughs> we were going two different directions. Man, we're gonna lose our two Qatar listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this episode uh, sponsored uh, by Aladdin Rugs. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. It's sponsored by Kitars. I, that's an Indian thing. Never mind. I don't. Fuck, dude. I don't know anything. I, I have dedicated so much of the past couple years of trying to learn Spanish and thinking about Mexico because I feel like it's where I want to spend a lot of time. Maybe in retirement. Mm. Maybe I don't want to get a. Pl- I don't want to like live down there, but I would like spend like a month at a time. Yeah. And uh, my son's like, "Where in the world would you want to go?" And I'm like. I really can't envision anywhere other than Mexico right now just because I've been thinking about it so much. I'm like, I know of three cities in Mexico. I'm like, outside of the United States and Canada, I don't know if I know three cities in any other country. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, and it took me three years to get to this I mean, good gracious! You're like a sitcom dad. <laughs> well, I'm not. It's. I mean, I'm just like. I mean, people are like. He's like. Oh, I think. I mean, when I go to, you know, uh, I, w- I want to go to, like, Norway. I want to go to Oslo, and then I want to go to little big bibble plap. I can't just. I want to see the fjords, and that's, I'm like, I can envision what. It, like, we're going to Thailand. Or at this point, we'll be in Thailand. Or at yeah. this point, maybe I'll be back from Thailand. Uh, we're recording this a little bit in advance. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I'm going to a country where I have n- all I know is Bangkok and fuck it. <laughs> I don't know a third place. <clears throat> uh, so you said you guys had an itinerary. So are you guys Dude, like- I can't even look at it. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I kind of looked at it and I, I it's like 10 things and I get two and I'm like, what the fuck is a tuk tuk? You know, and, <laughs> and I got so many questions, and I'm like, who? How did all these decisions get made? And then I'm like, but then I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude, because you were like, plan it. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, as we get closer, I'm like, 
Just get one of those massage places. Because they're not. In, it's like we were talking about in the last episode. You get it from the source. Yeah, that's, that's consensual. Yeah. They're there. Yeah. They're there because they, they like where they live. Yep. And uh, they like what they give. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there was no cargo ships involved. <laughs> Nobody was shoved in a van. And you get Great. to keep your Kleenex. They don't stuff it into some little secret garbage. <laughs> As a matter of fact, they turn it into like a little rose. Oh, like that's a little, so funny. Into like a drippy little rose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's a swan coming out of the water. See the <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, oh, you know, I've been wanting to ask you since now we're, you're going to be a month away from it. How was club comedy? Oh, yeah. I, You know... I, I I like the place. I like um Rick Taylor. He's um the yeah. owner. Yeah, Rick's a good dude. Um I always feel like he allows me to let my I feel like the that club there's something about it where I'm just like, "Oh, I'm going to I'm going to explore my um comedy a little bit more here." Mhm. When 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 I'm at like um, Spokane Comedy Club or Tacoma, I'm um, I'm always like, don't go too far. Don't don't go too far out. And I think and I don't know if it's because so many opportunities have come from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm when I'm at club comedy, I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna explore this topic for a while. And you hit on some very funny things, so I, I I enjoy that part of it. I do. I want it. The most frustrating thing is when you're there and you're like, "Could they have more people here if I wasn't on the ticket?" Oh yeah, that's and, and I that's just the way feel, I feel everywhere I go. Man, I just feel so. <laughs> I just feel. I, I feel like man. It, Something like when I look at when I, you know I look out and I'm like, man, there's 30 people in here. Maybe that's a sign. That's half full, dude. Yeah, but <laughs> but you know, I'm always looking at it like I've been doing this for so long, and I haven't caught any like group. Maybe maybe what I'm seeing is not like. Uh, being unlucky, maybe it's just a sign, like to just stop. Well, you could be a professional podcaster. I mean, we're about to get sponsored by um, Tuck Tuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna come back with one of those hats that yes. are gonna make me look racist Do if, as a white person that wears it. Do and it. Uh, but tell them you um, tell them you have a um, Bancockian wife now. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, wife. <laughs> <laughs> the island of fuck it. I, I don't. I, I, it might be Phuket. I've anyway, never heard that. So when you when you're opening for Dan or like one of these bigger acts, are you uh, are you, do you do you still explore like that, or are you like just sticking to like tried and true shit? You know, um, the last time I was out with Dan, we did. We did like five shows, and it was a different set every night. But it was material that I've 
done before mm-hmm. that I'm just doing 25 minute chunks of. Yeah. So, uh, so was there a host by the way, or is it just no, you and just Dan? Oh, two yeah. man show. That's dude for a, for a show like that where everybody loves him and they're stoked. Yeah. That's the way to do it. I, I like if, if I ever got as big as Dan, I would do exactly how he does it. Mm-hmm. Now I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have four, um, openers cause he has like four openers and he oh. just kind of, well, you got to based on people's schedules, though, yeah, too. But, I mean, if people, you know, if, if people knew that they could get, like, 12 weeks a year or something out of you, yeah, maybe yeah. more, uh, I mean, because he pays ridiculously well, uh, you, you're very much allowed to just do, you know, like, it's not like this, like, limitations or anything he puts on you <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's literally just like go out there and, and and do you and i would very much like if i could get to that point i would really like to to do that so that way because i, I feel like if he had and this is not see it, it sounds kind of biased because i'm one of those yeah yeah open, you are. so <laughs> yeah. it sounds like i'm just trying to be greedy but in my way of do would want to do it i would have like Two maybe, so that way, you're you're changing a comedian's life. Oh yeah, yeah. By you know by giving them that much work with that much uh, money in it. Well, in a lot of ways, I mean that's. I mean you're probably changing their life a bit, but you know. I mean you're still changing. Kind of. I mean with the four, he's still. I yeah, mean he's yeah. changing. I mean, like, uh, I'm still spending the money from Madison, so you know it's not like. It's, it's not like it's a, a a measly sum, right? Right. So, uh, it's, it's just that you know um, he has he has his son that's um, going to college, and then he has his daughter there, and because of the podcast, he doesn't tour during the summer, right? And then when spring, I mean not spring, but when fall comes. He's not doing as many shows as he used to because, you know, he wants to dial it back so he can, you know, he has one more child at the house and wants to really, um, you know, cherish. The, the, yeah, you know, the, no, I get it, man. I mean, I mean, uh, I'm in the same position, but with way less success. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what, you know, because Cole's graduating and we're all yeah. taking trips, you know, so that's I. Uh, yeah, so I'm. I, I totally get why you do that. I I mean, I feel like I get what you're saying. You'd want to do you know take yeah get these openers, bring them on the road. You know who's doing that? Uh, kind of what you're describing is uh, Steve Hofsetter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Hofsetter will will like take a crew, and then they'll be like. Okay, we're gonna do you know thirty one nighters yeah. in two months. <laughs> it's crazy. Dude. Yeah, he. He works it. He pays them well, but he expects a lot. Like you gotta like get in the car, and then he gets on the computer and dippity dippity do. And then, yeah. But he's, I mean, it, it, he is in a lot of ways changing people's lives, and then he yep. involves them in his content. And, yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, it is it is wild the opportunities you can afford people if you have a big break in comedy. Yeah. But at the same time, <laughs> you gotta be so obsessed with like. How the fuck do I keep this going? Yeah. Like, when yeah. You, were, you were saying, like, well, I only got 30 people at Club Comedy in Seattle. You know, it's like, 
Well, yeah, but that's what a lot. That's where a lot of comics are for twenty. A lot of comics are there for their whole career. Yeah, you know, they go to a club and the late show Saturday is. I mean, dude, Brad Upton when the Spokane Comedy Club opened, Brad Upton performed for twenty five people at the late show. He was probably twenty nine years into comedy at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Put his kids through college. Yeah. And he just he he did the set. It was definitely not as stoked (laughs) but he still like delivered the set did a good job and uh and then he just you know and then he gets this boom and now it's like i don't think he's performing for less than 200 people anywhere now yeah so it's it's wild how that shit works out man it's like kendrick lamar you know careers take off you just got to be patient yeah or they don't and you just move to vegas i I mean yeah i mean everybody I talked to someone else who was also talking about how Vegas is a a destination spot. The, my only my only issue with Vegas is would I end up being a Vegas comic? And I don't even know if a Vegas comic exists oh, anymore. Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you know, like that stereotypical oh, Vegas. Yeah, no. Yeah, and and that's what I dread. Yeah, the guy in the lounge, like, hey, yeah. smooth tits. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and, and I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I feel like a lot of scenes have a a stereotype. Like Seattle um, is was very much the stereotype was very much like, oh, this is like is politically correct comedy as could be. Um, L.A. was more like. Like um, all all these guys' jokes are about L.A. stuff, and Spokane was always like, "These people are stealing your jokes." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you do your act in Spokane, it stays in Spokane. <laughs> That's the, well, and about the people were like, "Yeah, but who gives a fuck?" Because those people are never going anywhere. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I think a lot of that shit's dead. I mean, Vegas. Think about Vegas right now. You've got. Fuck man, four comedy clubs man. that you can work every month um, yeah. in any position, uh, and and then you and then every night of the week you have there's every night of the week there's people there's show, like variety shows that need uh, maybe someone to come do comedy or come MC it or whatever. Yeah. So it's like a lot of comics they don't draw or have an audience wind up just going to Vegas because they're like there's so much work here. And yep. you can get like a two bedroom killer cool apartment off the strip for like eleven hundred bucks. Yeah, that's like, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's it is. But those Vegas summers, man. Yeah, those that shit is but that shit is wild, dude. Yeah. I I can't I couldn't handle it. Um, I, you, you know I, I I've thought about it. I've really thought about it. But there's something I feel like I get stubborn, where I'm like. I'm going to make it in Spokane just so I can shove it in everybody's faces who said you couldn't make it in Spokane. But for so far, they've been proving me right. <laughs> Working the road from Spokane's hard enough and then like but, but you know, you if you know, you start posting you know, use uh get get clips. There's people that are getting yeah. uh there's people that are getting uh famous, I guess. 
Yeah. Just from posting clips in their local area. That's happening. Yeah. I mean, there's there's Portland comics that are building a fan base out of Portland that are, I think, maybe just posting open mic clips. And then mm. next thing you know, they're like, oh, well, fuck, we'll book this person with 50,000 followers yeah. like, around Portland. And then they become a Portland headliner. And then they're like, I'm moving <laughs> to New York City. And it's kind of like, fucking why? Yeah. Portland's working for you. Yeah, you did. You did the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's such an exodus right now of comics from Seattle to L.A. And, and it's like, will L.A. do anything for yeah. you that Seattle can't? And I and I think I think the answer to them is, it doesn't matter. I just want to be in L.A. Yeah. And yeah. I I don't think that a lot of them are. Uh, caring that LA now is more of a like an El Dorado. It's like a it's like a mythical place <laughs> that people are still just searching for. Because I mean, in the 18 years that I've been doing this, the amount of people I've seen gone down there and actually improving the amount of work they got. Yeah, yeah. Has been one. <laughs> one out of hundreds of yeah. comics. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's not. The it, only benefit I see in LA is you're around the best comedians in the world if you're going to those clubs. Yeah. And so you can kind of be like, oh, fuck, this is where I need to be. Yeah. If you're at the, La <laughs> if you can get in at the Laugh Factory all the time or the, the Emperor, you know, those clubs. Yeah. yeah. yeah it, you know, that makes sense. But if you're doing an open mic at a laundromat, yeah. You, you're no better off than being in, except now you're spending way more money to live in a shittier place. <laughs> and I remember when I first started, maybe five years in, people were like, you need to go to LA. You need to. Well, there's something, I mean, LA. especially then there was something to it. Cause yeah. it's like, that was before, that was even before the, um, that was before, uh, the iPhone came out. Holy shit. So, yeah. You should yeah. be down. I, it's, <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, I mean, now, I mean, it's not a comedy town. It's a showbiz town, right? Yeah. So it's like movies. If you're in, if you want to be an actor, you ha you really have to be in LA or New York. Yeah. If you want to be a stand-up comic, <clears throat> you should at the very least move to a city with a million people. Okay. I can see that. You know what I mean? That's kind of the way I feel about it. Cause, so that like, way it has at least a comedy club. Yeah, at least well, you should at, least, at the very least you should live near a comedy club. Yeah, people, dude, there's people that start comedy up near like the Canadian border, yeah. like Colville. Yeah, these nowhere towns, Sandpoint. Yeah, I'll get hit up sometimes. Be like, yo, man, can I get some time on your show? I'm like, send me a tape. Like, I'm working. I'm like, how many times have you been on stage? Four in the past three years. I'm like, man, I don't really think you have a realistic understanding of what this is yeah, dude. <laughs> dude i remember one time at open mic i'm not gonna say the guy's name but he came up to me he was probably two months in and he was like when do i start getting paid and i was like i didn't like in my mind i was like i didn't think you were insane you until this moment <laughs> Because that was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard in Thank my life. Thank you for not saying my name. <laughs> Dude, I did, I did, I did like, I, did, I was doing open mics at, at uh, the underground in Spokane, RIP. Uh, <laughs> and it was, I bet I was doing them for five months. 
and I was like, hey, can I can I get on weekend shows? Like I started asking, but yeah. I wasn't like, when do I get paid for doing open? I was like, yeah. I was like, can I give you, you know, I'd like to start doing my, uh, I'd like to start doing weekend shows, you know, whatever. And he yeah. was like, just keep coming around. You'll get it. And then, uh, I think that's, I think what you're describing is normal for Spokane. Well, I you know, to be fair though, I did get on weekend shows pretty quickly. Yeah. So I wasn't, I, think it's I wasn't, yeah. I mean, I was, I was like seeing how I was doing at the open mics Yeah. and I was like, well, I'm fucking doing pretty good and I'm coming to the weekend shows. Yeah. So let me, I was, but I, it wasn't even about getting paid. I just, yeah. You, I'm, you, dude, I, you're just trying to do the next. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I remember, I remember going, getting like a free beer, doing seven minutes, getting into the show for free <laughs> and being like. This I've made it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Those it, it's so it's so weird how at the beginning you, those little victories seem so big, and now, like when I open for Dan at the Bang, people are like, "Are you excited?" And I'm like, "No, because it's the Bang." <laughs> you know, I've been in there so many times. I've yeah. I've done that, and and people were just blown. But it's like, yeah, at some point in your career, you wanna. You, you you always want to be going up, yeah. And if you're just treading at that same level, you start to you don't look at it with excitement anymore. The first time I did the bang, I was excited. The second time I was excited. The sixth time I was like, yeah, this old rickety ass building that's haunted in the ba- <laughs> the basement looks like a torture chamber for slaves. It smells it's like, like one of those porn stores, yeah. right? But- <laughs> <laughs> it's like weird plastic coated cardboard. What the fuck? Yeah, man. It, it, I, I thought, well, but new theaters are always exciting to me. But that's so funny you should say it like that. Because yeah, after a while, you're you know, it's like oh fuck, man. Sorry, my dog is whining. Look at her. She's oh my. She looks like a little Ewok. <laughs> she has the longest eyelashes. Oh, that is so wild. <laughs> Like there's a little eyelash elf that oh my God. comes from under the bed and just that's so. What does she think's gonna happen? Like it's so funny. She sees people like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, see, you don't even want to look at her. Yeah, it's like a Medusa, <laughs> just, uh, frozen. Uh, but uh, you know, I was t- I was talking to um, a comic, and they were talking about like, like building more material. And they were like, you know, are you having trouble with that? And in my mind, I wanted to go, no, that's writing is is now the easier part of comedy. The hardest part is getting people to your shows, so oh, that man. way you 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 show some type of value to people who own these venues because that's what it's about. It's about yeah. getting people in so people look at it and go, oh. I'll exploit that. And and if you can't do that, it doesn't matter how many jokes you write if you can't get people in the building. Yeah, I know. That's why, I've, I mean, I've said this on other podcasts, but there was a period where I was like, man, what if I just committed like the wildest act of vandalism <laughs> <laughs> that made like national news? You know what I mean? Like, like rent a jackhammer and fuck it, just fuck up a city hall. <laughs> you know, or just you know, like in the summertime when the school no one's around, just burn it down, and then fucking 
Yeah. You know, something that you could be like, there's a lot of property crime. Maybe you go to jail for like two years or something. And then you get out, you start calling comedy clubs with those clips. And you're like, oh, also, I'm the guy that burned down that school and jackhammered that <laughs> city hall in, in, uh, in, in Kalispell, Montana. And <laughs> from watching the, the, um, documentary about the machete wielding hitchhiker yeah remember that guy yeah. um he um the guy on the what was he hitchhiker or the guy on the greyhound bus no oh shit the dog broke in try pulling down that it's okay ladies you'll get no it's not dinner time god damn it they're gonna need pig ears they're creepy you can see the veins okay yeah that that'll do it <laughs> Since they learned it, they're gonna try it again. Oh my god! How good? Okay, well we'll see how this goes. They might. I might have to give them a big ear. <laughs> that is the creepiest. Fo- you're like, what is this little chunk? Oh, and you look at it, and you're like, is that fucking hair? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You hopefully just cook it away. Wait, wait. Okay, so it was a hitchhiking um guy who had a hatchet. His name was Kai. The guy that he was hitchhiking with just went insane and started committing all the crimes. And he hit him across the head with his machete. Then there was a famous interview where he was describing what happened. And, like, he was on Jimmy Kimmel. They were trying to get him on a um, – uh, uh, they were trying to get him a deal for a reality show. And then – The uh, machete guy? Yeah. Did he kill any of them? No, he just he, – yeah. he just beat the one guy up really bad. But then they realized, like, he's – insane yeah, like, yeah he pissed on a lot of stuff in that documentary it was like like oh, wow like jose iglesias's like star on the walk of fame he peed on he peed on jimmy kimmel's like parking spot it's like is he like half dog because it's dude seems like, i've peed in a lot of people's sinks i'm this guy but, no but he's like it's like he had a compulsion to be outside and just go that's, I have a compulsion to pee in people's sinks. Man, but that as long as nobody's looking, you know. Like if you gathered everybody around and was like, Watch Well, this. people, how did they know it was his piss? Because they witnessed it. Oh, shit. He yeah. was doing it with witnesses and didn't care? Yeah, he did. Oh, he this guy would be a great comic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my well, God. So then, you know, he he was such a, he was so famous for the viral video, he just went across the country just smoking weed with people but then his his star started started dying oh was and it oh was this afro up, man no no <laughs> <laughs> because i got high and then he ended up killing a guy who he says um um fucked him in the butt without his consent and now he's serving 57 years in jail but during that time his star like plummeted really fast oh man but at least it, at least he had a star yeah but it's <laughs> But I'm not, I mean, I, okay, but I'm not going to piss on anything. I'm not going to okay. hear voices from the FBI. And, so, <laughs> and if someone butt fucks me unconsensually, I'm just going to choke them out <laughs> until they pass out and then uh, let the law take its course. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Maybe just, I mean, how do you, you know, if, I don't know, I guess, you know, you, I feel like it's worth just like, you know, trying for a while. And then if there's no big break, then maybe be like, yeah, fuck it. I'll just go do my one-nighters and my shows for a yeah, bit I, longer. And then and then after. But then the heart. But that's the thing. Like, so let's say 
let's say the other side of the coin. So let's say you go, okay, well, let's, let's, you try it for a while. You try it for a while. You're putting mm-hmm. out videos. You're doing clips. You're trying to appeal to people. And then let's say the clips, uh, they, they fucking nothing happens. And you were trying really hard. Maybe you get, you know, a thousand more, you know, followers or whatever. And you're like, oh, man, I tried. I almost had something. Now I'm out of material that I can post. I'm out of fucking money that I'm willing to spend on getting this. And it's like defeating and you're like, but I still can get work, and so I guess I'll just go do the comedy work. Yeah. But then the other side of that is, all right, every one of these videos is hidden. <laughs> I'm getting hit up for more shows. I'm getting hit up for this. Yeah. And then you, 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 two months go by, you, you go through all your clips that you have, and then you're like, what the fuck do I do? How do I keep this going? I got to go yeah, film good... more shit. I got to, you know, and then it's going to become this like snake eating its tail thing. So, I think that's what's happening to a lot of comedians. Oh, there absolutely. Right now. Yeah, dude. You know? Absolutely. Man, Spe- I I performed with Theo Vaughn on his last club year. Yeah. And it, and it was, he filled out six shows. They, they booked him because he was working fucking 10 years just on the road. And then uh, he, he booked this same rate that he had the year before. But so he had done Rogan, he had started a podcast, and he just popped huge. Yeah. Sold out six shows. They had to renegotiate the contract. He got a big portion of the door. You know, I mean, I don't know what his money looked like, but it probably went from like a three thousand dollar weekend to like a thirty or forty thousand dollar. You know, I mean, it probably was. And dude, he, he was he was. I mean, he's obviously doing great now, but yeah. at the time, I mean, he was like. Fuck, man, like a few months ago, I was $25,000 in credit card debt just trying to keep this shit going. And now I'm like, what the fuck do I do with this? How do I keep this going? And so it's like that if you don't, you know, you almost have to have you have to be so focused to be like, okay, if this hits, then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I'm just going to keep going and going and going and going. Which I think is why Dan was so prepared for what. Because he he already has that work yeah. ethic, so when it came, he was just he was like, I, I'm just keep doing what right. I've been doing. Because mm-hmm. even when you know he could barely sell um, tickets, he was still writing at like a, a, a at least a 18 month clip, yeah, you know, like a wild. new like a new hour, mm-hmm. at least every 18 months back before, you know, he's had the people that come out now, and now it's. It, he says 12 months, but I think it's more like nine months because it, you, he records it in December. Um, and then he's back out in like February, but he's doing like, he's doing, he's putting in new material that whole time. Yeah. And he was doing, but he was doing that when yeah. no one knew who he was. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's, I think there's something to it. If you can just, I think there's, that's what I feel like. If you, you know, it's great to be on stage. But it's like almost you have to be in love with the process more than anything else. You have to be in love yeah. with the writing, and you know, don't, I mean, I I just fucking I hate just begging. Yeah, I hate man. I just <laughs> that's that's the only thing yeah. that that if anything ever gets in the way of me doing comedy, it's gonna be me going. Um, do you think maybe in September twenty eighth <laughs> through thirty first that I could perhaps make you money? <laughs> could I come make you money? Please. Yeah, that's that, that's what gets me so much. I think I don't have that that networking thing. They call it, you know, always just talking to people and and like kind of 
measuring in them while you're talking to them and stuff. Yeah. And I just don't have that in me because to me, I, uh, my philosophy for a long time was the comedy will speak for itself, but that's not that's not really yeah, the case. Yeah, once you're funny, it's like 5% of the yeah. comedy business. The rest is, you know, just getting with the right people and having um, the opportunities present themselves for you. Like, like right now, the only thing that's keeping me or you from just exploding is an algorithm that's not putting that out to a, a lot of people. It's, right, right. It's just, it's just something that we haven't figured out that's, that's getting out there to everybody. And while we're chasing that, you, you know, they're changing the algorithm. Yeah, so, yeah, but I'm just, I just do whatever I'm doing, and if I get a good version of it, I'll throw it up. Yeah, I... I mean, that's my, you know... I've gotten so, like, weird about it. Well, you know what's funny? I used to worry about, like, well, can I hear the audience laughing? Yeah. But now I'm starting to be like, I see people who blow up, and I'm like, you can't even fucking hear the audience. Yeah, you can't. And yeah. half the time, I think people might be watching it without sound anyway yeah I think, they're just reading the jokes yeah yeah, yeah. so that's um, part of me i mean I, I genuinely think i'll be like well i'm probably gonna be done worrying about that you know uh but i don't know i just uh it would be a hard time for me to be six i like i guess i just like the kind of play i'm in a like a, i'm like a placeholder comedian <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're like, we're gonna book this guy <laughs> until we unless we find something better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they never do. <laughs> and and then and then you know, and then it's like a lot dude, it's amazing how many times what bothers me is the amount of times I get hit up and they're like, Yo man, you just oh, I just really need you and it'd be so great if you could do this and you be, I mean you really help us out do this. I'm like, Okay. And then uh and then when it comes time to like, well, if I could control my own schedule, this would make this much easier. Yeah. Uh, since I am so reliable uh, and you guys uh, need me so much, uh, here are some dates that would work. Yeah, I don't know. We got. I mean, it's things are crazy. <laughs> I'm washing my hair that night. You know, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's just so wild, dude. Like the way that you can get just absolutely abused. I was thinking about this the other night. The only, you know, it's been well frustrating me is uh s- s- being on show like being on shows with people who are having more success they have more credits and they're being asked to be the opener yeah <laughs> it's like well, why but they've been they have an HBO latino yeah. special <laughs> why would they be the opener if it's a comedy i mean Remember, I had someone, yeah, I was on Comedy Central, and the booker was like, no, they're going to still be the opener. And then I saw, I saw a person perform. And, it, you know, at the right venue, probably would have been dope, but yeah. this is a, I'm a road guy. This was a road room. It was tough. Like, it was a tough to be okay. a Comedy Central nerdy comic performing in a real road room, you know? Yeah. Oh, oh, all right. Question. Do you, do you think a road comic... Or like that traditional uh, television comedy central comedian is, uh, I don't know how I'm trying to phrase it, like which one can 
gain more success, that road comic or that typical Comedy Central? Is this the topic? All right, let's make it a topic. Yeah, the topic. We should get some intro music for this. Yeah. The topic. <laughs> I don't know why I had to cover the mic like that. I don't know what that really accomplished. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. So what will garner success being the the kind of yeah television, getting the credit, uh, trying to build a fan base from exposure, yeah. basically, or just someone just... Head down, doing the road. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, other I than think... the, the fact that the road comic usually doesn't get that exposure, but, like, if they like if they equally got, like, on AGT, right. like, which one would be... But like, the idea is that the road comic comes back and people who saw them want to come back. I mean, that's the idea. Yeah. So if you're a road comic, you're just spending 40-plus weeks on the road... Hopefully you're coming back once a year and the people who saw you the year before are like, that's the person I've. So let's see, this will be my 10th year. And I thought road comics, I thought, okay, well that's, that to me is the most realistic way to go about it. Cause there's no, the only barrier to entry is the gigs, you know? But if you can get, if you can get your door in and and feature and whatever, and then maybe work your way up. And then uh, I think a lot of people, I mean, I think Brian Regan came about, came through that, you know, way I think, you know, a lot of the beloved comics that people talk about today. So like, you know, like a Chris Rock is a, is a, is a, a, an industry, let's say industry and road industry. Yeah. Yeah. Industry. So Chris Rock's an industry comic. Dave Chappelle's industry comic. Bill Burr road comic. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, Mark Maron is a road comic. Like Bill Hicks was a road comic. Dan Stanhope, Doug Stanhope road comic. So, so, you know, stardom can come can come from either direction right uh yeah but i i mean i do think if you were to if you look at the the social media as an you know an industry or a form of industry or who knows you'd call it its own thing i think the the, just doing the road is such a hard i think you can do it but you got it's a longer path yeah for sure and you got to be fucking on point (laughs) yeah. <laughs> like for and people get there. I mean, this guy uh, Sam Talent. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's re, I just he's got a great book, and uh, yeah, he's been a road comic for I don't know fifteen years. He at least thirty five. Looks fucking fifty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> great, great comic though. And people come back to see him because he murders wherever he goes. Yeah. But I also think when you live that lifestyle, you're going half crazy, and you can either yeah. turn that into something that helps you be funny. Or, uh, or, or you can, uh, or, you know, or you can let it just turn you into a total maniac. Yeah. And I think, I think I've seen both sides of that where yeah. what well, we both have, like there's comics that you, you could tell they were road comics because their life wouldn't allow them to be an industry comic. Yeah. They, they wouldn't, just they couldn't too- go to a meeting and sit down with an executive. Or- yeah. And they or a could, casting director or some shit. Yeah, yeah. they couldn't handle um, being in a structured setting, <laughs> and, and 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 they were able to still take that talent and 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 make some money off of it. Yeah. So. Well, and I, but I do think on the industry side of it, on the, you know, it 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 makes way more sense to pursue that if you can, uh, you know, if you can be a comic that gets into the clubs 
I mean, it, the time there is just just fucking trying to get into the clubs in like a New York or an LA. Yeah. You're going to be spending, you know, that's like four or five years of just fucking please let me into these clubs, you know. Yeah. Especially and, the way I saw it in New York, man. It was like, yeah, dude. it was literally like open mics were in basements. Yeah. They were like sewer people just trying to get up to the cellars and the stands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was like, well, how many of you, and it's like one out of 30 that will. I get one show every two months. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, so it was, so that's. But I mean, you're not even starting your career until you're into those clubs. Yeah. Once you're in those clubs, then maybe, then you're getting in front of industry. Then you're getting in front of, uh, then you're, you're building good clips. You're actually, you actually could, but you, but if you want, but it's a lot easier to build that fan base when you can go do spots and then go home at night rather yeah. than being a fucking crazy person sleeping in his car. <laughs> yeah. you know? But you know, you become, I think you become a headliner a lot faster if you chase the road route because yeah. you just get thrown into the most chaotic situations possible, you know? Yeah. Cause you go from doing 15 to 25 minutes at like a nice, you know, home club and you're like, dude, I'm crushing it. And then they're like, oh, okay, come to this fucking, town where we all secretly murdered someone <laughs> you know or the, <laughs> you know they're like we used to have a church till we burned it you know, like, <laughs> it's just a bunch of heathens who want you know comedy night and i mean so it's so that that the road you know the road path is and a lot of but the thing is a lot of road comics had some kind of slight industry thing that pr- helped them get the road work yeah. and then they just just did the road for you know 15 years before something else happened yeah uh but man it's i don't i do i will say this like i think the current version of an industry comic is like going to like you know austin and trying to get okay. on stage there and because yeah. you, you build notoriety there yeah. or get into like uh you know portland like the helium club in portland and Try yeah. to put out these helium clips, and 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 then you're building your own social media, uh, and and it's funny because you can do that. That's the difference now, is you can kind of do that as a road comic. Yeah, just filming clips and posting them, and filming yep. clips and posting them. And because you are in so many different rooms, it doesn't look like you just took an hour from, yeah. like, like when I post stuff, a lot of the times, it's like. Spokane Comedy Club was like, man, this is the fifth video. Yeah, I yeah, so yeah. people just, are people looking at that going, did this come from the same, is this the only place he can do comedy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if people are thinking about it like that, but that's how I think about no, it. No, I get that, dude. I Well, it's funny though, because there's a, I mean, I see people post 20 clips from the seller and I'm like, this is legit. Yep. Because it's the seller. Yeah. So I'm like, eh, fuck it, whatever. It's just, you know, I'm still. And I don't at. think the average person even understands how the seller even works. Like the the one in Vegas, they they have a more structured um uh way of doing it. Like it's still like a showcase yeah, type of yeah. show, but like um the one in New York is very much I don't want to say slapdash because it's the comedy seller, yeah, but it's but- very much like they might have four or five comedians, but then all of a sudden uh oh man th- there was some big guy who came in when we were there. Oh, Big J, um, no, um, ah, ah, 
little guy wears a jacket when David he's on. Tell? Yeah, David oh, Tell yeah. just David Tell just walked in, and it just blew it just blew my mind because we looked at the lineup. His black ass wasn't on that thing, <laughs> and so when he showed up, it, it you know so that happens a lot in those situations. You you're not gonna see that at the Spokane Comedy Club. No, no, like, no. Jeff Foxworthy isn't gonna be. He's gonna be here on July 27th at the <laughs> casino. He's not gonna be like mm, let me. If he does, he's going to sit in the back and get drunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I am away from my family. Yeah. I I, I, I think that the, uh, the road comic, if they get a chance, they seem to just skyrocket. Well, yeah. No, just that, skyrocket. That's, well, I will say that is so people who – get this was a big thing in vegas and in other parts of the country where you had established headliners who worked regionally yeah. who would murder and they would they would get someone who just did a tonight show or just did a whatever and they'd go this would happen in vegas all the time because la maybe you get some credit and then you can go to la and headline some the mirage or whatever you know yeah for a weekend and they're putting they're giving away all these free tickets and uh, this person's crushing for 15 minutes because in LA, that's all you get is fifteen. You can't. It's very yeah. difficult to get even fifteen minutes, and then it just slowly starts to tank for the next thirty. Yeah. And so you don't. So on the road, you do not. You you build that that those minutes a lot. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like you, you become a headliner a lot quicker if you go out and just start doing the road. Because um, I know when I started from from feature to headliner was maybe three years, four years, like where I wasn't, where, where I wasn't like um, contacting people about their feature work. I was like, I'm a headline mm -hmm. these spots. If I'm going to do your one-nighter, I'm going right. to do it as a headliner. But if you're... But you're actually, that's because you're getting that stage time. Yeah. I mean, that's why I started doing the road right away because I live in Spokane. Yeah. And it was like, where the fuck else am I going to get the stage time if I can get yeah. these... These, if I can get these feature spots out in the, you know Richland, Washington, and Medford, Oregon, and yeah. fucking Tucson, Arizona, I'm, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna go pursue it as much as I can, even if I lost money or whatever. Because I was like living in a city, or you know, would be you know it would be too would be expensive, yeah. you know, to move there. So why not just invest? I looked at it as like a way to invest in the act. But dude, you go. <laughs> Fucking, you go to Helena, Montana, six and a half hours away, yeah. away from every, <laughs> away from all the comforts of home, and uh, you eat your dick, and then you got to yeah. get up the stage the next night. You're like, I have to figure this out right yeah. now. Whereas, like, I guess if you eat a dick for five minutes in front of eight other comics, you, you, your perception just isn't gonna be. You're after a while, you're gonna be like, well, this is normal. Yeah, you know, I'm just, I, yeah. you know, like. So I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely. That's why I, I don't, don't think like, an industry comic can get better without hitting doing the road at least. Yeah, I, it seemed. I forget who I was talking, but to but it seems like that was the the advice at the time. Like in the um, late two thousands, was if you're if you're industry, you, you chase that, but get on the road so you are tougher. When you yeah. get because road hardened, I yeah, believe. road hardened and put away wet is what <laughs> my mom used to say. <laughs> because there's been that. times 
where I remember I was I did like three weeks on the on the road. That's a long and, time, man. And I was doing um I think it was Uncle D's. And I mean, cause cause you you when you get up and there's TVs still on and the playoffs yeah. are happening, you get up and you're just you just you, you know, you already at nine thousand RPM and I and that was built into you and yeah. then I got up at Uncle D's and I'm just that entire thirty minutes I was just I wasn't stopping for uh, there was no breaks in between. Like you hit a punchline, a big punchline, and you laugh, and people usually give it time. I was like, nope, I'm on to the next one, and just and um. Dan, so after the end of those three weeks, you were like, or you were. I was just a monster. I was yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and Don was like, you gotta, you gotta give it, you gotta give it some breathing <laughs> space, and and I was like. And and in and in your mind, because you're like a feral dog, you're like yeah, yeah. no, because as soon as you give them breathing room, they're gonna start talking, <laughs> and then they're gonna look at the game again. So yeah, they're gonna start throwing onion rings at. Yeah. Me. I already had a heart attack. <laughs> but I do, I do see myself like when I'm at the club, and it's somebody who's like that industry type of comedian, and you go up, and and at the end after the end of the the weekend or at the end of the show, the comments that they say, you're you very much like, is this is this not what you're supposed to be doing? Like, is this, it, it, am I some type of uh, weird beast that's, uh, that that set is not like got a lull in it or, yeah. or, or anything? And there's two sides of that. I don't want to ever look at that and go, yeah, I understand what's going on now. I, I got it mastered. Because to me, I'm always one set away from just giving up altogether. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, but I, I do think road comic, just, I mean, look at the examples. Bert, Tom, Theo. Yeah, yeah, these yeah. guys are road guys and then they got famous. They're still doing, like, Bert's they, they, last special, yeah, they murdered. Was basically yeah. <laughs> was basically something that you would see, you would see a comic do in a bar, like same yeah, same great. energy, and, and, and but because he's got that 15, 20 years of just working on that road, he he knows exactly like how to grab the audience and kind of shake them around and and get them to 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 love him. By the end of that special. I wanted to meet his wife, yeah, yeah. his daughters. I wanted to hang out at their pool. And that's where pool. a guy like that kind of converges with the industries because you're yeah. like, I fucking love this dude. Whereas yeah. like most road comics, after the end of the show, you're like, I don't think I would feel comfortable with my family around this yeah, dude. <laughs> he admitted to a lot of yeah. gross misdemeanors. <laughs> I can't let, this, can't let this guy be alone in the car with my wife. Uh, <laughs> but that's I, what I see uh, about um, you. That's why... You know, um, it's kind of like a, a running gag now where I'm like, Phil, you're almost there. And you're like, shut up. Nothing's going, <laughs> nothing's happening. Because I, I feel like you being on the road has made you like uh, such a, for lack of a better word, a bulletproof comic. And because you know how to speak to pe normies, 
like a yeah. <laughs> you know you know you know how to Civilians, like yeah. yeah you know how to talk to them and and not like mess it up like a lot of other comics do it, it, it to me it feels like oh it's just a matter of time not uh if but just when yeah but man i mean in the summer i want to hang out on the water in the winter i want to go skiing i don't see nothing wrong with that in the fall think I want to go live in Mexico. So <laughs> I don't know if I can. I don't know if I'm ever going to build a career in two months a year. No, I, I still got. I don't. We know. Yeah. I don't. I mean, it's funny. I keep thinking about that. And I'm like, would I be happy in Mexico? When I'm, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't do these gigs. Like I turned down a gig. I didn't. I didn't get offered the gig. I just didn't bid it today because I was like, ah, it's a free weekend I have yeah. to hang with the family, and then would I cancel the the family reunion the day before and I'm like and I'm thinking like fuck man do this, you think this maybe anniversary in Boise <laughs> sounds <laughs> like it's not gonna be that fun. Are you maybe you um maybe you're winding down from comedy. You you don't think No, so? no dude if it was comedy works in Denver I'd be like bye oh. family <laughs> January July 29th. No, if it was if it was going to be an awesome fun show. Yeah. If it was Tacoma Comedy Club that was hitting me up I would have done it, but it was like we're a logging company based out of Cascade, Idaho and we yeah. is our 70th year and the founder uh, recently turned into a pile of ash. <laughs> Will you make us laugh at his Viking funeral? I don't know. I didn't read the shit. I just looked at the date. But <laughs> Man, I think, you know, I think that's commendable. Well, I just, I also do these corporate, I, mean, I did, last month I did two corporate gigs. I mean, I mean, no, I did three and one was horrific. One was uh, way different than they said, but still was fun yeah but then uh one was one was fine it was just it was it went fine it was 30 minutes yeah it was dope i got in and out of there but it, i just you know it's not <laughs> it's great they pay well but i'm also like this is not really why i got into comedy you know yeah, i mean i'm yeah. very you know i'm very i'm very like stunted i'm not i i can i i'm getting better at doing them and being myself being loose yeah. but i'm also like capping off a lot of jokes before they get to the best punchlines. yeah yeah it's yeah. okay. like yeah. as my wife said when she saw my dry bar special you're funnier when you swear <laughs> Which, <laughs> but you know yeah. I, I i think that's commendable because a lot of times comedians like i see people who book you know they'll post their um the shows that they have for the month. Oh yeah, man. and then you're like, that's twenty shows, and you're making four hundred dollars. Yeah. That's did, how is that? When did they start paying comics at the pita pit? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, you know, like I think it's commendable to to look at shows and go, no, nah, that's not. I, I rather I rather not have the money, but still have my sanity and happiness. Yeah, 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 and a lot. I mean, a lot of it is just where I'm at in the timeline of, you know, have my fa family and and uh, and everything, and also like the week after, yeah. I'm going on the road for a few days, and then my, my October is going to be real busy at this point with a lot of good shows, and so well, I focus good. on that shit, you know. So it's like, I don't know. I kind of just I I kind of look at that and. Uh, 
it's you know I know like but what sucks is like I'm gonna be doing a lot of shows in October. By the end of October, I'm gonna be like, dude, this set's getting tight. Yeah. And then <laughs> I'm like, I that's why I, I always think about that. Like if you're a comic that can get in the clubs, and or if you know if you're living in a city and you're up you know five nights a week at like legit places, I'm like, yeah, yeah you'd get fucking good. Yeah. You know, I mean, I would be I would be like that. I would get so loose and I'd be riding all the time. I mean, it would just be dope. So that's where I think like living in the city being like what we're saying, you know, whatever version of an industry comic is, because every every comic that we think of as kind of stars, you know, people who sell out, they all, you know, essentially become industry comics. Someone, someone is making money off of them. Yeah. And like Tom and and Bert are. Industry oh, yeah. comics now. Yeah, yeah. If you got a, if you're fucking starting in a feature, yeah, uh, yeah. Because but a lot, but a lot of people are making money off of those. They got employees. Yeah. They got the. But those guys, you know, they get up, and there was a period in their career where they were getting up five, six, seven nights a week. That's yeah. why, to me, you know, Dan is an anomaly because he's not getting. He doesn't like get up and do spots yeah. a million times. He's just. He just. He just did the road for 15 years yeah. like an animal. So, um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's what I think about industry versus road. And I think that really prepared him for what, yeah, what came. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I think I think the smart way to do it is the industry route because then at least you are at home yeah. until you and you you don't do the road until you can make mon- real money on the road. Yeah, and you know, road comics are a lot like wrestlers don't live that long. Yeah. Like, like these guys who, like these guys who are just no industry at all. They're just on the road. These guys seem to just die in a hotel at like 52 and they just, Oh, it sounds like heaven. (laughs) Send me to Valhalla. (laughs) Holy shit, dude. Yeah. That, when I heard that um, Bob Saget got, drunk and fell down and hit his head in a hotel room or whatever the hell happened. I was like, wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, dude, die doing what you love. I mean, yeah. right. He yeah. did a show, texted his daughter. Yeah. Love you. It was a great fucking, show. I mean, so yeah. And then yeah. fucking that's heaven. Yeah. That's yeah. great. No, you didn't see it coming. Yeah. Just womp. And, uh, yeah, man, that, that's great. There are times, where if I have a good show and I'm sitting in a halfway decent hotel, I'm like, it's time. <laughs> I, I mean, it's that's just it's a it's a you know I, there, that's a real nice place to be, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a wild. Yeah. So like, because if you do, I mean, every think about how many comics that are can still sell tickets that live longer, like you know, like uh, Joan Rivers and, and yeah. uh, you know. Uh, uh, Rickles. Yeah, it was like, like I think there were people that yeah. had tickets and they were like, Well, how do I get my money back? Yeah. You know, do you wanna <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, th- who's the who's the oldest working comic right now? Like big name. You know, because it's probably like a ninety year old yeah, like yeah, yeah. road comic. Yeah, I have no idea. Like maybe Jeff Foxworthy? I mean, maybe God, he's only in his Lopez? He's, only like, he's sixty. There's no but like I mean shit, Joan Rivers was a uh, thousand. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. <laughs> she was. Yeah, uh, she just kept getting like the newest nose. Yeah, no, no, her tits were fourteen, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> her aneurysm was seventy-eight. Man, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I always, I always thought about that. I'm like, 
Because she looks, you know, she doesn't look like she's in her 70s and 80s. But then it's like, you know, once you peel the clothes off, it's just like, she's not doing anything to that vagina. Oh. I mean, there is surgery for it, but she, yeah, she's yeah, probably yeah. worried about her nose and cheeks. And she was like, yeah, just let that. Maybe that's where she got all the skin from. That that you was used. That yep. was it's <laughs> the most tender of the skin. Yeah. yeah. This is it's the most stretchable. <laughs> if it gets wrinkly, we just stretch it out a little more. I mean, Ben Franklin did say uh have sex with older ladies because it's basically the same and they'll be grateful. So Benjamin Franklin said that? Yeah. Yeah. He was a ladies' man. Yeah, he, he was well back then he was probably like have sex with women that can't get pregnant. <laughs> Man, yeah, he was he, he was that yeah. he would have been he would have been canceled in today's culture. Oh yeah, dude. You can only yeah. deliver so many babies in streams <laughs> before before they won't put you on the hundred dollar bill. <laughs> babies in streams? I mean, I don't know how what? they delivered them back then. Oh, oh. Like, your water broke. Get in the creek. Get on all fours. It's, ha- it's I don't know. That's how the donkey does it. <laughs> and he's just back there like a like a quarterback. <laughs> hut, hut, push. Good that's gracious. how football was probably invented. This old creek baby delivery game. <laughs> I think creek baby would be the title of this uh yeah, all right. This episode. Uh, all right. I think that's pretty. That winds it down. Shit at six o'clock, man. Yeah. Um, this all has right. been another episode. Hey, all right. Thank uh, you guys for listening. If you have any questions, any topics you want us to discuss, brodadscast at gmail.com. Hit up the Instagram. Remember, if we get 100 follows, or was it? No, 100 follows. Yeah, it wasn't likes, it was follows. Top of photo. Nip- yeah, top of his photo, tiny nipples. It's uh, that old Bing Crosby. So tiny nipples. So in thank you. your stream. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many of those babies like Benjamin Franklin like didn't get hold of, and they just kept going down the street. <laughs> 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 oh shoot! <laughs> old Butterfingers Franklin. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Good night. Good night.